And now, it's time to sit back and enjoy the Two True Freaks Internet Radio Broadcast. As long as they keep on making animated Star Wars, Hope Molinax and Chris Honeywell will be on the case. Welcome to J-Guys and Jedi, a project that began with Clone Wars and now may never end. Hi everyone, welcome to a brand new episode of J-Guys and Jedi, a weekly podcast covering every episode of The Book of Boba Fett. In this episode, as Din Jarjan, Jarjan, his name is Jarjan now. Dim Jar Jar. <gasps> Play the music, Chris. <laughs> Din Jar Jar. <laughs> Darth Jar Jar's other brother. <laughs> as Din Jarin seeks out Grogu, a new threat looms for Boba Fett. There will be. Dengo sees the hot teacher, and then he goes see, sees his boyfriend, and then Cad Bane shoots one of them. We're talking about the Book of Book Fett episode, From the Desert Comes a Stranger, this week. How you doing, Chris? Good. How's that? Oh, you uh, caught me right in the middle of a yawn. You're like, how are you doing? Because I'm like, good. <laughs> <laughs> how's this, uh... How's the stress of this prison arc going for you and I, Andor? I love it. I fucking love it too. Stress Andy me up. It's stre- Andy Circus is just yeah. We are being blessed. All blessed. the acting, all the acting in the show is is fantastic, and and inspired. It's it's. It's really it's it's a great show. It's a special show. I hope that if they if it winds up good, it's gonna be like yeah, it's gonna be a nice little little golden moment in Star Wars TV. It's it's amazing. It's so well written and so, so well executed. So I'm doing a bit of a experiment because my stepmom has has been you know she's seen a few like um, reviews of Andor floating around, and of course I've been like the show is so good. She has never seen Rogue One. The only Star Wars she has seen is the, the original trilogy. That's it. So I was like, you know what? Do you want to watch Andor? Because I want to see how it plays to somebody who knows nothing about Cassian, who knows nothing about Mon Mothma. And we watched the first episode last night, and she's slightly confused, but very intrigued. And she's like, it's it's a beautiful show. I'm really intrigued. I want to know more about these characters. And I was like, that's Awesome. And that's that. That's a good thing is you don't really need to go into this with anything, anything. Yeah. You don't really. You'll know better. You'll be like, oh, it's Yularen or whatever. But you don't really need to know any of it. Everything is contained in the story. You know, you you, you won't have the wider story of Star Wars in it, but you get this idea. And you know what? What 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 is really a nice little opportunity where there is. Um, watching Rogue One after Andor. That's my plan. In chronological, so I'm, I'm wanna, in chronological order and see how exactly that plays I, with someone who hasn't seen Rogue One first. That's exactly you know? what I plan to do. Because, of course, I'll have to wait for season two to come out because season two is next year. But right. that's that's the plan. I want yeah, to... Yeah, but time goes by fast, so it won't take long. 
<laughs> oh yeah like when we do our tv nights like we have like four shows like we're watching good place what we do in the shadows um the owl house dead in paranormal park like we we have enough shows and like we've been talking maybe, about doing maybe we another could show. have her on for season two for a couple for like if she has like a favorite episode or something Ooh, that that could be fun Except for like her bedtime's like nine thirty. <laughs> so Well we could do an early show. We could yeah. do an early show. Oh, we and, make... or, or we can be like, here's your thought your weekly thoughts from somebody who knows nothing about Andor. <laughs> and then like yeah. she'll go to bed and then like we'll deep dive on it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we could like do there's that. a lot of ways to handle that. Yeah. We've had my mom on, now we just need my stepmom. Yeah, we're getting the whole getting the whole family, your sister. Yeah, I have uh, like two more sisters too. <laughs> Plenty of sisters, ne- nephews. My my actually my dream goal. Well, I was gonna say nephews. nieces and nephews will take us years and years to plow through. I imagine let's 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 work That's outwards true. from your immediate family and. My 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 goal would love I would love to have my three nephews on because um, Tyshawn, Amir, and Zayden are all Star Wars fans. And I would love to hear them just talk about Star Wars from like a little kid point of view. Yeah. Um, and like. So it's the best way to hear about Star Wars. I actually, um, my my nephew Amir is a little artist, and he actually has like painted me like Star Wars pictures that are on my wall. Um, and uh, they're, they're some of my treasured art that I have because they're sweet boys, and I love them very much. So, but yeah, like this this arc of Andor. I'm I'm so excited just so we can date this so people know what we're talking about. The the second episode of the prison arc was last week. So tomorrow will be the the heist, I guess, the new heist. I yeah, like Well, I mean, like the last arc is the last two episodes, so I imagine this will wind up the prison mm-hmm. arc and then we will probably get two episodes of the net tightening up, you know. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The, the 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 imperial characters and the rebel characters you know Cyril, getting more entangled Cyril Karn is a fucking creep oh that's what i love about this is is it's mm-hmm. it's humanizing the fascists but it's keep uh, i think the actress who played the 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 lead woman there was like you know we're humanizing these characters and you root for them but we are also making it very clear that like yeah this is a I, human fascist i i wrote fascist. about this i wrote about this uh her quote was she's a woman in a in a man's world but a fascist in a fascist world yeah and and i mean that i mean women were a huge part of like the mm-hmm. nazi the nazis had a very like you know, women make as many babies, you know, they were paying people to make babies and stuff and giving them houses and stuff. But at the same time, in the upper ranks of the the um, Nazis, there were quite a few women, you know, and that, had, that, that had the right that were just psycho enough. You know, you, you, I mean, you can't, you to, can't discriminate to, when you need psychos. <laughs> and to, to go even like another example, um, you know, all the Confederate statues that people were like, oh, don't rip those down. Those were funded by the women of the Confederacy right. in during the Jim Crow era. Like yep. those were put up there by like the daughters of the Confederacy. And like like women have had such a vital role in fascism and Nazism no. and to the Confederacy. So it's she's, like she's a sadi- she's a sadistic. She's sadistic. Like there's there's bureaucrat. They're introducing you to every different type of like 
fascist scumbag ever. There and then there's then probably the most disturbing is the the torture tape guy. <gasps> right? He's like Yosef Mengele. Like, He's been just, waiting his exactly oh. exactly that's exactly what they're trying oh, except oh. he's a young version but he's he's a little sicko who's like just like this the, the empire's happened he's like ooh i could get paid exactly <laughs> and he's like, into it you know like he gives her this little wave and you know he's not right? psychological he's not doing like you know the the rest of them are doing psychological torture on her to get her to talk he's just like i get to use my stuff finally you know hi i can't i, I can't wait to tell you about my stuff you know it's 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 insane. He's not even about like, you know, like mm, enjoying her pain. Like the guy who turned on the the juice in the prison, you know, who was like, mm, yum, yum, yum. As everybody was, you know, he's he's like he's just like, oh, boy, it works. <laughs> it's so creepy. I, anyway, um, like, I, yeah, I do want to say I want to say one more thing. I want to say one more thing. Like, this is how much I love this show, because they have done a good job to show like what a monster Dedra is. But when Cyro cornered her, I, as a woman who has been in that position where a guy has cornered me at work in my retail job and with I their can't practiced with their practiced speech and, and you cannot leave when you work retail. I can't just walk out of my store. I have to stand there and be cornered by it. I wanted to reach in my computer screen and save Dedra, even though she's a horrible, despicable person, because it just resonated so 50, strongly. 50-50, they're going to hook up. <laughs> like, it just resonated so strongly with me, like, like a carnal desire to save her. That, and it, that's a, But the thing is, they're psychos. He might be right. <laughs> they, they are psychos, but like the thing it, is, is that's how I hated that I felt that way about this character. And the thing is, that makes me love the writing because I felt gross that I wanted to save her in that moment because I, every woman I know have been has been in that situation. Like, and I, it was so interesting after that scene came out, like looking through Twitter, because so many women were like, I hate Dedra and I really needed to get her out of that situation. I wanted to like walk up and be like, there you are, Dedra, come on, walk with me. Like, um, it reminded me of when I, and I'll probably tell the story when we, when we, again, when we cover Andor, um, I had a coworker that I hated. Like, we did not like each other. I started working. She didn't like me. I didn't like her. But we worked well together, you know, because, like, we had, like, similar worth ethics. So personally, hated each other. Professionally, we got along. And even then, when those slummy guys came into our fucking comic book store, her and I came up with a safe word. Because when one of us was being, like, targeted... We would just turn to the other and go, hey, I'm cooking salmon for dinner tonight. Would you like me to grab you some and bring it to you? That was our code word of this guy is creeping on me. Please save me. And we would swap out. And I hit and we hated each other. <laughs> but like, and there was that carnal desire as women to protect each other. 
And because we both knew if it wasn't her, it was me and we had to stand together. And like, that was the situation I felt with Dedra. And I love, I love that. I hated that the show made me feel that way. <laughs> That's how fucking good the show. This is. Yeah, I just, it's... I've been waiting till I get that off my chest. I'm sorry. Like I, I've, I've, I've got, I went that. from like cautiously optimistic to like disappointed by the first episode to like what's seen the other episode so it's going oh okay this is pretty good to now i'm fucking dedicated i can't wait till tomorrow to mm-hmm. like hopefully tomorrow well it probably won't be till thursday that i get a chance to see it but i'll probably i, well, I, I probably will i'll probably end morning. up staying up late to watch it tomorrow because i won't be able to wait I, I won't be able to wait to watch it because I, I have a job just, interview in the morning and I'm just going to be like, can we get through the interview so fast so I can watch Andor? <laughs> like, come on. I know I need this job, but I really want to watch Andor. <laughs> no, it'll be, a, that'll be, that'll be a nice post job interview treat. Oh yeah. The stress of who's going to die this week. Yeah. It's going to be such a treat. <laughs> oh, lots of people are going to die this week. I'm sure. Oh, but. so many, so many, oh, oh, uh. but we're not there yet. We should talk about book of Boba Fett. Yes. So it's really interesting. I had asked Chris beforehand, did he like this episode? And we had interesting discussions. So please, Chris, did you like this episode? I like, uh, I uh, so far there hasn't been like an episode of Star Wars that I like dislike where I'm like, I'll never watch that again. I like this episode. It's so far, it's my least favorite of the Book of Boba Fett episodes. So what's interesting for me is I thought I flagged this little episode as my possible least favorite, and I loved it. I, I loved it so much more the second time than the first time I saw it. And I think it's because I was more prepared for Luke this time around, so I could actually focus on him outside of just being like, oh, Luke's here. But like this time around, I could actually focus See, on that's, him that's as a character. See, that's the thing. You, you and I have a different relationship with Luke. And the first time... It's. It, I think we're sort of going to end up sort of meeting in the middle on it because the first time I think I was kind of like, you know, too like too just blown away by the fact that they're like, I was <clears throat> I was really impressed by like, okay, they're just going to do Luke Skywalker. They're just going to go ahead and do it, and I'm like, you know, that's that's kind of gutsy, and and you know. It's it's something people love to see. It's something I love to see. So like, and it's and it's intense. To, it's intense to see it as an old time Star Wars fan. It's it's intense to see something you never thought you were gonna see. You know, like presented in such a fashion. So I was just like, oh my god, they're doing it. But now that I have some distance from it, I have some I have some complaints about it. I don't want to get into them now because. Well, I'll get that chance <laughs> part by part, but yeah. Yeah. There, there were some, some weaknesses I thought to this episode. I, yeah, I think um, for me, I definitely, uh, I, I was joking. Cause today we're also recording on election night for the midterm elections. And I was like, I think I just enjoyed the escapism from being in our real hellscape world. And I was just like, look at the nice episode. <laughs> I definitely had some like this is this is nice and not thinking about the horrible night ahead of us where see like the news is literally on behind me. Right, <laughs> voting early is voting early is bad, but I don't stress on it. I like I honestly have given up on like 
electoral politics as being used, not used, not, they're not, it's not unuseful, but it's not the end all be all. So like I go, I do my thing. And then it's just like, it's whatever's going to happen. is going to happen. Like I'm, you know, I, I mean, when I, when I went to the voting booth, there wasn't a person that I was like, pleased to vote for, you know, or was like excited to vote for in the slightest, in the slightest amount. So, you know, yeah, there's that. <laughs> so what we should yeah. do is talk about, book, 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 book. but I, I think that also, like, oh, that's what I was saying. I think that like affected my viewing. Cause I was like, yay, nice star Wars. Escapism. Don't stress. Yay. <laughs> jumping, he's jumping. He's, I actually have a note that says Grogu's little jumps. I have a new theory on Grogu after this episode and that he's really like an adult person, but he's just so PTSD'd from, you know, from the, the, when, when they invaded the temple that he's just, you know, he's just, he's like a little child now, but like eventually he's going to be like grabbing a cigar and like, Jesus. I mean, he's older uh, than Luke and Ahsoka. Exactly. Exactly. He's Anakin's he's, age. He's going to be calling them all kid and stuff, you know, <laughs> I, in, in my hope. Uh, that's what I hope for. But like, yeah, he becomes by, by season three. He's like he's more like Rocket Raccoon. <laughs> <laughs> I actually have some season three theories after this episode. So let's get into it. You ready? All right. Let's let's go. From the <coughs> I inhaled a little too hard. Hold on. <coughs> mm. Let's try that again without inhaling a lung. From the Desert Comes a Stranger is the sixth episode of The Book of Boba Fett. It aired on February 2nd, 2022, and it was written by John Favreau and Dave Filoni, with Filoni as the director. Some extra information for you. Timothy, Ol Timothy Oliphant, Rosario Dawson, W. Earl Brown, and Karisama, Karisama, I practiced that and I still mess it up, Karisama Gideon, all reprised their roles from The Mandalorian. Also reprising his role voicing Cad Bane is Corey Burton. The body actor of Cad Bane is stuntman Dorian Kingi, or uh, it's either Kingi or Kinji, and I think it's Kinji, who worked who has worked in movies and shows like Venom and Stranger Things. Deputy Sky is played by JJ Dashnall, who is also the full armor, the full armor body double for Tamora Morrison for this series. This is the earliest look at Luke Skywalker's future temple as it's being built by ant droids. It was confirmed that this is the same temple that burned down during The Last Jedi. And a very short summary of this because there are so many conflicting things about Luke Skywalker. And I was like, oh, it seems like every like three months a different report comes out that was like, no, Luke was done this way. In the book of Boba Fett, Graham Hamilton was the performing artist for the character of Luke Skywalker, with Scott Lang serving as the stunt double. The voice was artificially created by Respeecher, which was a Ukrainian program by the very brave Ukrainians who were fight who are still fighting in the war against Russia. Rosaria Dawson, who played Ahsoka, didn't learn that her character would be interacting with Luke Skywalker until the day of filming. She was very excited that she got to work with Mark Hamill, who, despite initial reports, was actually on set and did act in, the, in this series because the early reports said that Mark Hamill wasn't in it at all. Then we got behind the scenes set pictures that Mark Hamill was actually there and did some acting. 
The exact technology used to create Luke is still a bit of a secret, as there have been multiple conflicting reports about how it was done. What we do know is that it was a mix of deepfake technology, the aging technology, and a digitally created voice with Mark Hamill recording no lines for the episode. So they still didn't have Mark Hamill do a voiceover. All of Luke's lines were digitally recorded. Oh. <laughs> Either way, it's a really cool thing that they did in a budget show, so... Spackled makeup on him, they did. Hi! Oh, Yoda, I have such a surprise for you. Surprise for Yoda? Yeah, because, you know, you've been having, like, such a rough time of it lately with, like, Yaddle. Time of it with Yaddle. (laughs) I have scheduled you a spa day. Spa day? Hmm. Yeah, right? It's suspicious. Yeah, no, right through these doors, and I'm just gonna push open the- Look at these beautiful girls welcoming you to Swaldy. Uh, hello? Hello, Yoda. Rubby- <laughs> rubby time? Yes, rubby time for Yoda. and mud time and warm towels. We're gonna take such good care of you, Yoda. Where is Grogu? Grogu is here, right? Hmm? No, 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 of yeah. course Grogu's oh, not here nice at all. Yoda. No, no, he's not here. Why would you ever think that Grogu was here in this episode? Nice to Yoda. Mm, we just oily girls, though. Yeah, look at the oil, very oily girls who are very wearing very little clothes. Mm, yeah, not absolutely. too many clothes. No. Yeah, and no. and they're gonna make you feel like you're two hundred years old. Oh, good luck with that. But oh, Yoda oh. will try. We will try. Yeah, go on in there and don't think about Grogu at all being in this episode. Just go right in there. There he goes. Not gonna keep working. I know, but you know, for one week we we kept him satisfied. I guess. Yeah, yeah. He's gonna be like a limp noodle next week. (laughs) Okay. Okay, not like that. (laughs) (laughs) Not like that. We could just have one week of him not trying to murder our little superstar. That's great. I'll take it, Chris. <laughs> one week. Let him be happy. Listen, if the Force users are going to murder each other, they're going to murder each other. There's not much I can do about it. I don't know. The girls you seem to put off the inevitable or whatever, but... I don't know. I mean, those sounds in there sound like he's having a good time. I'm just, I'm just saying, when we get to Tales of the Jedi, we'll talk about it more. Yeah. We'll talk about it now. Mm-hmm. Anyway, you ready to get into Act 1? I am. <clears throat> Act 1. This was a weird episode to try and break. So yes, I hope... it, sure, it sure was. It yeah. sure was. So if, we'll see if we broke it in the same place. Because there was one very clear screen wipe, and there was one other very clear screen yeah. wipe, wipe. And I was like, I guess that's it. Uh... Yeah, <laughs> I just sort of drew vague lines, and I'm like, okay, you know, I'm just gonna go with it. Yeah, because it yep. should have been 15 minutes each, but it definitely was not 15 minutes each. It was like eight, seventeen, and eight. <laughs> so, anyway, Act One. We open in the middle of nowhere on Tatooine, and it's all dusty. So I guess it is somewhere. It's on Tatooine, but it's the middle of nowhere on Tatooine. And there's some pikes, and they're all just like, hey, man, I got this awesome, like, ice cream maker of money. Would you like some spice? And the other pike is like, that sounds great. I'm glad we're here. And you know who thinks that's not great? Din's very hot boyfriend, Cobb Vance. 
And he shows up and he's just like, hey fuckers, you're near Freetown and I'm the marshal here. You can't do that here. It's actually not the middle of nowhere. You're in our territory. And you should probably leave. And the pikes are like, uh, no, you're one dude and there's four of us and you're not even wearing Mando armor anymore. You kind of just look like a scrawny little twink and we love you. And he's like, that's great because everybody loves me. I'm Cobb Vamp. And he's like, look, leave now and we don't have to worry about that. And you tell your bosses to get out to stay out of Freetown and no one has to die. And the pikes are like, yeah, no, and they pull out their guns. The cop vant is cool and he's all like pew 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 and he kills like three of them, except for one. And the last pike is like, I don't have a gun. Don't shoot me, please. And he's like, You're the smart one. Go tell your bosses to fuck off, because I'm Cobb Vant. And stop coming around here. And the pike's like, okay. And he's like, also, leave the spice because it's worth a lot of money and that's your toll. And the, the pike, like, leaves the spice and then drives away very quickly, even though he had every opportunity just to run Cobb over. <laughs> I don't know why he didn't, because that would have fixed the problem. <laughs> but, you know, people in Star Wars are not as evil as I am in Book of Boba Fett. Wait till we get to Andor. They're super evil there. Um... And Cobb takes the spice chest and he dumps it into the sand. Anyway, we gotta go back to uh, Cobb's himbo boyfriend, Denjarin, because he has a new hot rod and he wants to impress his son's teacher. So he drives to his son's school, which is some, like, planet in the middle of nowhere. And he lands and there is Superintendent R2-D2. And... R2-D2 is like, hello, welcome to our future school. I am the greatest hero of Star Wars and everyone would be dead because of me. Hello, I should really be the principal or at least the head of the school board, but no one listens to me. And Den's like, hi, I'm looking for my son Grogu and maybe his hot teacher too. And R2 is like, oh yeah, well this way. And he leads him into the woods. And as they're walking for a while, these ant droids come out of nowhere and they're just like roaming around and they're putting all the rocks together, building a thing. And Den's like, uh, what is this? And R2 just motions to it and she's just, and he's just like, yes, this is our charter school because we can actually afford ant droids. It's going to be the best school and the bestest, best school ever. It's going to be great. And Den's like, okay, charter school. Yeah. Yeah. I got my kid into the fast pass. That means I'm a good parent, right? And he looks at R2, and because it's Book of Boba Fett, R2 is taking a nap. Jen's like, awesome. Thanks. I guess everyone sleeps in the show but me. And the spider droids are like, oh, we can take care of that. And they come and they build a bench for Den to wait on. And Den's like, oh, guess I'll take a nap then. Because it's Book of Boba Fett. And he falls asleep. And we go over to Luke and Grogu. And Grogu's just like, oh, why does your face look weird? And Luke's like, do not worry, I am Luke Skywalker, it is fine. I'm not going to do that the entire time, I just had to do it once. <laughs> and they are meditating in the woods. But little Grogu is like, I smell, I smell frogs, frogs. It's been so long since I feasted frogs. <gasps> and a frog hops up and, and, and Grogu's like, I'm going to fucking eat you so much. And he pulls it over, over with a force, and he like dangles the little frog over his mouth. 
just like Scar in The Lion King dangles the mouse and he's just like, I'm going to eat you. And Luke is like, Grogu, what are you doing, friend? And Grogu drops the frog and he's like, you're no fun. My dad only made, let me eat frog eggs and he only yelled at me three times. I'm hungry. I'm a growing baby boy. But Luke chides him gently and decides to have a lesson here, I guess. And he uses the power of the force and lifts a bunch of very confused frogs that are just like, why are we flying now? Because he wants to show Grogu if he can just focus a little bit, he can have long-term power goals and capture all the frogs, I guess. It's kind of weird. I don't get it. Um, and then Luke's like, let's go for a walk and look at nature. And Grogu's like, fine. So they go for a walk. And Luke is helping Grogu walk. And he starts asking about Grogu's past. And he's just like, did you, did you, did you know that I have a Master Yoda and he talked kind of weird? Are you going to talk weird? And Gregor's like, I don't know. I probably will talk about like Yaddle did because, you know, marketing, that'd be fun. And Luke's cool. Cool, cool. Well, do you remember your past? And Grogu's like, no, I choose not to. I have trauma. And Luke's like, let me split open your trauma for you. And he makes uh, Grogu remember Order 66 and three Jedi who tried to protect him. But Grogu's like, no, I don't know anything else about that. And as the Jedi fall, we still don't know how Grogu got out of there. But he's fine, I guess. And Luke is like, you know what? You have a lot of trauma. And Grogu is like, I fucking told you, bitch. And Luke's like, I will teach you how to protect yourself. And then that's where there's a screen wipe. So I guess that's the end of Act 1. Yeah, that's that's about where I uh, I wiped it, too. Yep, yep. So what do you think of Act 1? Well, I mean, it's cool. It's super cool. It's, I mean... It's 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 a part of Star Wars that all us old timers always would like to see. You know, it's just in the it's in a time period where nobody knows what's happened. I'm sure there, but you know, there's there's legends stuff and and stuff like that. But you you know how I am with that. So you know, just as as far as on screen, it's it's stuff that I've it's the kind of stuff that I've always wanted to see. You know. And so, and it's exciting to see it. the The problem is, and this is weird because, okay, this is something that Disney has, I thought, had more of a uh, in the TV shows. Not that they don't play nostalgia and stuff. This is different than playing nostalgia because I don't think it's it's a it's always great to see R two. But I don't think they're they they're it, they're going over nostalgic with it. But it's just like this. Since you're there, you're dealing with Luke and R two and stuff. There's like this reverence to it, to the way they present. Yeah. Oh, you're and so close to my Luke Gucci. It, it reminds me of pre-Disney stuff that and and just generally culture in that time period. Of like where you have like a, a beloved character, so like you 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 just and and this one they're not being like too like but they become a little generic, you know, because they're 
it's just like it's Luke Skywalker. So you don't want to be accused of being too flippant with him or, you know, so they're trying to like make it so it's not going to offend or freak out anybody or be, you know, not or be weird when it's going to be weird because it's not a real person. (laughs) It's it's a it's a highly, highly digitized product, you know. And and it feels like that, too. But it's it. Yeah, it's it's just a weird it's just a weird thing. And like the scene with the frogs, like you're saying, I don't know. I did that. He did that. That sort was sort of a callback to Yoda pulling, you know, Luca and I can't then Yoda pulling, you know, the X-wing out of the. Yeah, like, I, I was kind of joking, and I, and I think the real reason is Luke saying, like, you're focusing your power on this one thing, but you can have greater yeah. greater yeah. abilities if you grow. Like, that, that is the lesson. Um, but, like, it, it is just kind of funny where he's just like, look at all the frogs you can eat. <laughs> and I like those mono frogs. They're pretty cool. But, I... like... Oh, the, my main problem isn't the, isn't, like, the, and the, the, like, because... Because really, for 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 a like voice gen- AI generated voice and all that, it's not so bad. It's just uh, the well, it's not that good either because they seem to only be able to have you know, and they can sort of still get away with it. Say, well, he's in teacher mode, and so, but he's just basically talking the way he did. When he went into Jabba's palace in Return of the Jedi, you know, you are I'm like Luke hitting my note. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, you're and, right and, on and, it. <laughs> and like my note is, uh, is you know, I'm okay with them pushing the limits and stuff like that. I'll take a lot of that. And now with the new streaming method of doing it, I think they're deliberately unclear as to what they did here because they can always go like, hey, as soon as we get this perfected, we can go back and fix this and just pop that one up on the streaming service, you know, until they get like a real, you know, a more and more lifelike Luke in that scene or whatever. That's, a, I think that's a possibility. But what what what's wrong with it that made me the second time around go like, mm, I don't know if I, you know, I'm is smitten with this the second time is Luke's dialogue is not so good. It's just not. It's it's like You're written in a kindergarten. Me. You're three really? for three on me. Yeah, you really. Really. I wrote this dialogue is not so good. Like kindergarten level. Like a like it reads like like I have I have kindergarten level reading level Star Wars books that like are like I am Luke Skywalker. I am a Jedi. A Jedi fights for good and that and that is what. And and honestly, this episode probably will resonate insanely well with little 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 kids, you know, who watch mm-hmm. stuff almost like in a dream. This will be perfect for them. This will speak right to them. But it just comes off as platit. It comes off as very platitudey and <laughs> nothing we haven't heard before, and just kind of like you know, just this this like you know auto generated jedi talk you know (laughs) can i tag in yeah i'm that that's that's all my notes so it's all you can uh you you are tagged it you are tagged in now completely 
Okay, because it's so funny how, like, we you nailed almost all of my Luke notes for this act. Um, and I have one exception, which is in Act 2, which I'll get to. Um, to start off, I, I do want to start off with the positive. As much as, like, AI Luke does sort of freak me out, this is an absolute technological achievement in so many ways. Just yeah. having to have Luke here, having Grogu's puppet, having the CGI frogs, and it still looks great on a budget. Here's their budget. This is where Book of you forget the mod chase a few episodes ago. This yeah. is where Book of Bookbits budget went. Right here. Yes. And yes. it looks great. And it is absolutely a wonderful episode tech-wise. It it's amazing. I figured out what bugged me about Luke though. And I it, it hit me this time around um, because it's not the deep fake, which does look good. It's not the AI voice, which, again, is a technological feat. It's the actual characterization of Luke. Luke Skywalker is a sassy-ass twink who loves jokes, and he's sarcastic. And in The Last Jedi, we find out that he is deeply flawed, and none of that is in this act. And if you in like if you remember our commentary from Return of the Jedi, just like you said, I mentioned how in the beginning of Return of the Jedi, how goddamn boring Luke was in Jabba's palace mm -hmm. because he's playing a Jedi yes. instead of just being a character. And he has very is, little to go on, but yeah, he is. He's, he's it's it's very Jedi. much like a kid cosplaying. Yeah. And that is the Luke that these writers and creators choose to go with in this episode for this act. And it's the most boring and least interesting part of Luke. I, I, because I don't know. I don't I don't know if they can pull off sassy Luke. I, I don't know if they could, you know, they could oh. like pass off a Luke where he's just like, ah, Grogu, you know, and like does his does his Mark Hamill eye roll I'm and and stuff like that and, That's so and they'll wonderful. say well this luke doesn't wants to be you know he wants to be a proper jedi and he's just feeling his root so he's being very careful and stuff that's so but, great that you brought hold on no that's so great that you brought that up because that's my next point because other creators in the books and comics who have written luke in this time have made him very interesting because right. he has the weight of the galaxy on his shoulders and he's a fucking ball of anxiety <laughs> and right. he is panicking at every turn that he's gonna fuck up the galaxy and messed up his jedi school and and this again is like why are we still why not have other creators in the room then because filoni and favaro pick the most boring version of luke skywalker who only speaks in platitudes and he's playing a Jedi in this instead of being an actual character. That's the end of it, my note. I think it was, e I think it was an easier decision for them because he's only going to be like, he's really just sort of a special appearance. So they were like, if, if we, if we start coloring in Luke too much, it's going to become all about Luke. Let's face it. Like people are going to be like, what's Luke up to? What's Luke doing? You know, if, if so, but uh, I and and combined with that's about technically all we're we're good for right now. Let's do that. Like the first time they got away with it because it's like just a couple lines and he just has to walk in, you know, 
say his lines, pick up Grogu, turn around and walk out, you know, which was amazing enough just because he was there. And this one takes it, it. This one takes it the next step. This one, this one just says, okay, we're going to be walking around in the, in the, down a, a jungle path with him. And, you know, he's going to be doing stuff and talking and sitting down and standing up and, and all that. But it's all still, you know, like every, every moment of Luke looking somewhat human is just like, like you said, just money being poured into computers, you know, and man hours of people you know sweating and to to get that probably and you know and they were probably working on it till the last second to have it you know as maximally you know looking as good as it did and it looks and it works it works but <clears throat> yeah like you said it even though okay you know luke's not going to be in there that long with some good writing you could you could you could hint at all that you could get all that stuff like you know like you know i mean we've experienced it in the past with you know like kanan you know and you know being like i gotta get you to another jedi to train you know and stuff like and but you know yeah and and instead we're just getting really like stuff that they would write in the comics you know back in the day because it wouldn't you know rattle any feathers at all or have any kind of new insight or anything you know and and the thing is is that cat's out of the bag long ago we've been going crazy with the force ever since clone wars so you know you you can have character like luke say something although you know he has to say it sort of in the context of where he is there but yeah it, it it just it just makes it feel a little bit like a you know a very special episode yeah it really does um but i i it like was like the ewok adventure and stuff it had a little feel of the e watching the ewok adventure <laughs> yeah um and i do though i do have one exception to that which i will get to in act two where i was like thank you they actually took a chance and made luke slightly a character here so i'll come back to luke um was that all your notes uh, i'm done yeah um, um it's all you so my my first note going into the rest of them is actually not really anything it, it's technically about this episode but it's really not um, I think one of the biggest missteps going into this series was John Favreau saying that the Book of Boba Fett was its own separate thing because he corrected Kathleen Kennedy. Kathleen Kennedy was like, no, it's Mando 2.5. But he was like, no, no, it's its own thing. But honestly, I think she was right because going into the like going into this series, I think it would have functioned better if everybody was like, yeah, it's still part of Mando instead of well, it yeah. being its own thing because – Opening with Cobb Vanth here, he fits right in. But if you're looking at, at this as a Book of Boba Fett show doing its own thing, then Cobb Vanth sticks out like a sore thumb. But if you think of it as like well, Mando 2.5, he works. Well, I think they're both right because Kathleen Kennedy is coming at it as a producer. And as a producer and as me as a viewer, you know, when I saw Book of Boba Fett, especially the way they started it, it they didn't end it like with feeling like the Mandalorian, but they started it with that same sort of somber, low dialogue, you know, very, 
very sort of mythic, you know, story, very simple, basic, primal story going on. Um, but then it goes off in its own direction. But like Kathleen Kennedy, like I could see her as a producer. And when they were coming up with Book of Boba Fett, they were like, look, we need a Mando 2.5. Mando's doing great. We need something that's different, but this is what people want. So we want to be in this direction. Can we do something, you know, like that? And then, you know, probably in there were probably arguments about then we can do, you know, get away with stuff like Andor better or whatever, you know. So I could see her sort of like and and Favreau's the creative behind it. So he he doesn't want to say it's Mando 2.5. He wants to say it's it's you know hey no this is its own thing because to him it is because he's he's there trying to make it like compatible with the Mandalorian and also have its own you know let's face it kind of Robert Rodriguez feel to it you know low budget fun, um, you know sort of comic booky sort of you know just sort of you know rompy romp, rompy in a way so you know they're they're both right in a way you know yeah i get that too i i see that point as well but i i think for me as a viewer like coming into this going like oh john favreau says its own separate thing and like the first time i saw cop Bant, i was like why are you here cop right right <laughs> so yeah um, but outside of that, going into the actual episode, um, we, we talked a lot about when we talked about the episode, the Marshall, um, in season two of Mando about Cobb's role in helping to, with Din's story to like show that he was honorable to, to enough to wear the armor, even though he wasn't a Mandalorian and Din's story is so thematically linked to Boba's and we continue to see why Cobb is still in that role. You know, the Pikes are like, this spice is worth more than your town. And he's tempted with it. And the first thing he does is he dumps it because it, because it's the right thing to do. And that's such a good moment for him to show that he is not swayed and he's still tempted to do the right thing, which is why he was the perfect choice for Den, who is thematically linked to Boba as well. So, um, my next note is a little one. I don't know if it's an acting choice or not, but when Din lands at Luke's school, he very awkwardly gets out of his ship. Like, like it's a deliberate choice of like, I'm still getting used to this oh, and I sure. don't know how to get out of it. That's how Pedro Pascal's got. Yeah. And it's, it's funny because I, I looked at it. I made sure like when he was landing at Boba's palace later, he gets out of it way more smoothly. And so if it was a deliberate acting choice for like, this is the first time he's getting out of his ship and he almost falls out of it. Like, uh, love the acting choice. Love it. Love it. What do you think about the ant droids? I liked them. I thought they were really cool and kind of I've I've never seen them before. And I just liked like how you just sort of see it's fun it's funny though like i would expect luke to build a jedi temple by like using the force to lift each stone and put it on as sort of you know like a a, a task you know you know you made this temple you built this temple piece by piece but no he just gets a bunch of bunch of these androids that just, but I like that they, it's very Star Wars that they assess the situation and make Din uh, a uh, 
um, a bed and everything. Um, yeah, I thought like this is full of nice Star Warsy touches. This whole episode and and that one was sort of, I just I I liked it because it was like like the way they introduced him. You're like, oh, something you know, you don't know what's going on. Something's coming up, and they sort of the rock made it look like it could be sort of like a person in a robe or something. And oh, it's this robot, and oh, they're building a temple. It was a very Star Wars way of telling the story. Yes. I agree with everything you just said. My only thing about it is I feel like they lingered on it slightly too long. Um, because it was very Star Wars-y. It was very George Lucas. But then it like lingered and it felt like Dave Filoni was going, Get it? This is a very special moment. Do you get it? Get it? <laughs> oh, like, yeah. Well, it could be a combination of that. could be that or or and or, um, you know, like the, the you know, the 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 people involved in the show going like, man, I love, (laughs) you know, let's show a lot of this. This is, uh, you know, they, they were probably just like, this is fucking awesome. And like, I, 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 it didn't, it didn't feel like too much for me. I, I enjoyed, maybe maybe I shouldn't say like Fulani, maybe it's a Favreau thing because honestly, Dave is really good at like being like, look at this really cool Star Warsy thing, but it's worked naturally into the story. But this well, he does felt- what he, he does what Lucas does and gives you just a glance of it, you know? Exactly. So that I shouldn't maybe I shouldn't say Filoni. Like maybe it's Favreau's doing because it it was like, oh, look at this. It's naturally doing the thing. We're seeing the temple. And then it just lingered. And, and Din was like, what are all these things happening here, R2? Are they doing things? And I'm like, okay. Uh-huh. Like, now we're here just a touch too long. <laughs> Other than just letting it be cool. It was. It, it felt like a very special moment to him. So, but that's just me. Um, it is absolutely an Ahsoka Tano thing that Anakin would also do to, to troll Den. And make him wait and sleep on a bench. Sure. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that is a very Ahsoka Tano thing to do. And she probably learned it from Anakin. And I like to think well, that Luke does that, too. Also, like, it, you know, it's like, it's like being a, like, the, the, he's, enter, he's entering Jedi land. So they're gonna, like, basically, it's like Buddhists or something. They're gonna put him through all sorts of Zen rituals here. He's got let, let him sit down and like calm his mind for a while, you know, you know, mm-hmm. and that's what's going to happen when you're there because it's all, you know, idyllic and everything. And, you know, so much so that he goes, goes to sleep, wakes up when his whole helmet is filled with drool and, you know, and, but... and then they'll be like, what's up, fucker? That's exactly what they would do. Um. And the only other note that I have is there's a line where Luke is like, Grogu, do you remember how people talked back at your home? And at first I was like, does he mean the Jedi temple? (laughs) And then the more I thought thought about it, because he was like, you know, I used to know someone like you named Yoda and he talked funny. And I was like, oh, he's actually asking Grogu about his home world. And it made me laugh. Because we know from Tales of the Jedi that Yaddle did not talk like Yoda and that Yoda's the weird one. Well, the story is, the story from what I've heard from what, from a comic or something, there was somewhere where Yoda said that, you know, Yoda said that he spoke that way because that was what his master spoke like. It was from Frank Oz himself. Frank Oz said that. Frank Oz said that. 
And okay. that that was the acting choice that Frank Oz made. Um, okay. And but but in the context of the story, though, so like it did make me laugh because because uh, of course now we have Tales of the Jedi and we know that Yaddle doesn't talk that way. But it also makes sense in the story because Luke never met Yaddle. The only person he knows that talked like that was Yoda. So that's his only reference point. So of course he would probably I, I, I figured it was him that... being nosy. No, I... what we were doing is like. Ooh, I've got another one of Yoda. Maybe I, like I always wondered where the hell that guy came from. He never said anything. He didn't even tell us what the name of his species was or anything. See, I always took it as like that is Luke's only point of reference. Like, so the only person he knows that talked like that was Yoda. So I took it as like, are you gonna talk like Yoda? Because I have no other point of reference to go off of. <laughs> so it, like, it actually works in the story for me. It just made me laugh because Tales of the Jedi proved it wrong. Right. <laughs> so. But yeah, that's that's all I have for Act One. All right, well I'm ready for Act Two. All right. I got act... notes galore tonight. Oh, I am so actually kind of have notes. So Act Two. Actually, Act One was my most notes, but yeah. And my Act I One. I just got stuff two. to say. <laughs> yeah, my Act One and my Act Two are pretty tied. So Act Two. Because it's Book of Bubba Fett, of course Den is taking a nap, because that's all we do in this show is sleep a lot, because it's the show of naps. And he, somebody comes up and they kick the bench, and Den's like, oh fuck, what is it? I'm awake! And Ahsoka Tano's like, wake up, asshole, it's time for the school tour! And he's just like, oh, hi Ahsoka, I'm here to see my baby! And maybe the hot principal who said I could visit my kid and maybe get coffee on Friday night? And she's like, ew, yikes, gross. But also, yikes. Um, it seems here that we got this time wrong on the parent-teacher conferences, and you're not actually allowed to be here right now. Awkward. And Den's like, what do you mean? I, I'm here to see my kid. Like, I, I want to see my baby. Like, I came all this way. I made this, like, cute... Well, I, I didn't make it. Like, my, my cult leader made it. But my cult leader made this cute little pouchy thing for him, and I want to give it to him. And she's like... Yeah, let's let's take a walk, buddy. Let's let's walk this off. I'll show you around. This is the bamboo forest. It's full of bamboo. And he's like, yeah, take me to my son, Ahsoka. So she's like, fine. So they start walking along. And Ahsoka is like, you know, you're super attached to your son. And that's going to make it really hard for, like, your kid to, you know, focus on his schoolwork. I kind of know how that goes. That sort of happened to my master. It didn't end well. And we don't want Grogu to turn into a Sith Lord, thanks. And Den is like, so wait, who's teaching him? And she's like, you know, the hot teacher Luke that you like so much. And he's like, yeah, he's so pretty with his like robot face and everything. And like when his voice is like processing information, oh, just really turns me on. She's like, ew, gross. I don't want to know that. But yeah, Luke is taking him on. He's fine. And Den is like, wait, 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 like, why is it okay that Luke trains Grogu, but you didn't want to train Grogu? And Ahsoka just shrugs, and she's like, it's not my circus, not my monkey. I don't have to do it. I am the cool ant. I have a dink lifestyle here. I'm the dink Jedi Master. And so they finally get to where they see, like, Luke and Grogu from afar. And Grogu, and, and Den's like, my baby boy there he is and as he starts to walk off Ahsoka's like wait 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 I, I just gotta know something are you here for Grogu or are you here for yourself 
and he's kind of like awkward and he's like i'm here because i just want to protect my son and i made this chain mail for him and i just want him to be that he's gonna be okay that's all i want and it's his right as a mandalorian foundling and and he's my foundling in a mando and ahsoka's like you know bitch he could be a padawan now how do you know and he's like i don't i don't know and he's like look den honey i will take the gift of grogu and i will say that i wait i don't know what i wrote here Oh, I will take the gift to Grogu, but just know if Grogu sees you, he's gonna probably flunk out of, like, all his classes. And we have a charter school here, and we can't have people fair, fail. And Hembo stares longingly at his son and his really hot teacher, and he's like, Okay! <clears throat> and he hands over the package, and Ahsoka's like, oh, this is cute! And Den's like, make sure he gets plenty of frogs and kisses, and make sure he gets tucked in at night. And Ahsoka's like, did you forget where this is not my circus and my monkey? I'll tell Luke to do all those things, though. Okay, bye. And Den just drags himself away, crying, and just running through the woods like, I miss my child! And runs back to his ship, and he flies away. And just to break everybody's heart, Grogu sees Den's ship flying away, and he reaches for his daddy! And so then we have to, like, go into a bunch of, like, Jedi training, because Luke is like, hey, I'm gonna show you how to parkour. Do you want to jump, Grogu? And Grogu tries a little jump, and Luke's like, no, look what I can do! And he starts parkouring through the woods, and he's like, hey, Grogu! Find balance in the force and more Jedi platitudes. And Gregor's like, Yeah, you're not you're not helping me at all. And he's like, Cool, meditate some, I guess, and stand on this bamboo. And then they do some more training. And Grogu's getting a little better. Like he's like really starting to like kind of figure it out and get his balance. But then Luke whips out his lightsaber and starts flinging around his lightsaber for no reason except for going, Hey Grogu, do you think your dad will think this is really sexy? Do I look really cool? Do you think he'll like it? And Grogu's like, I'm older than you. Man. Anyway. So then, because nostalgia, they get a training remote for nostalgia, I guess. And he sets it on Grogu, and Grogu gets better. And now he can kind of, like, parkour a little bit, and he's doing great. And Ahsoka just comes over, and she's like, wow, he's really coming along. By the way, Din Djarin was here. And Luke's like, Din Din Djarin was here? He's here? Do I look okay? Is he still here? Does he want coffee? I don't know. She's like, easy, Twink. He's gone now. But here, here is a, uh, you know, a package from him. And Luke's like, thanks. And he puts it up to his face and goes, Oh, it smells like sweat and body spray. Space axe. I made myself laugh. Space axe. That's Elon Musk. Uh... Uh, and anyway, sorry. Let me actually be a serious so I can finish these notes instead of writing Luke and uh, Denjar in fanfiction. Anyway, so he takes he takes the package. Thank you, Hope. Thank you. You're, you're welcome. So we can get through this. Um, so he takes the package, and Luke is actually really unsure. And he's like, Ahsoka, I don't really know what to do about Grogu. Like, he's, um, 
really into his attachments and he cares for his dad. And it's her turn to have platitudes and she puts him on her hand on his shoulder and goes, trust your instincts, Luke. He's like, thanks, Ahsoka. I could use like actual advice because I'm a ball of anxiety in this scene. And she's like, no, you're not. You're a robot. Okay, bye. And she leaves and Luke's like, please don't leave me alone with a child in my anxiety. And she's like, so bitches. And she bounces out of there for her own show. The end, or I guess end of Act Two. All right. <laughs> thanks yeah, for putting to, up. I had to move my notes Thanks for putting up. up with me on that one. <laughs> Jesus, what, what choice do I have? What choice mm-hmm. do I have? All right, so I had to pick up my notes because the cat jumped up on my lap and I had to move him. Um, <clears throat> Ahsoka's kind of bland in this too. Ahsoka's yeah. kind of playing it like a like a like a guest role and like you know we're here but we're not gonna like you know I mean although the yeah the line about you know talking like a reference to Anakin is pretty was pretty yeah was pretty I, nice, I I I definitely she seemed that. almost like she was phoning it in a little bit or you know who knows how many takes they did on CGI it's, set you know it's talking so interesting Luke. though because like the scenes that she's with Den like. Dave is writing this episode and this is his character. Why is she so bland? And why and like I, I try to keep this in mind that we're seeing Ahsoka from Din's point of view. Like it's Din's point of view of Ahsoka. And so like of course we're not like seeing her point of view where she's probably like being like this fucking guy. Right? Because like that's Ahsoka's point of view that we, we're so used to keep getting and I'm trying to keep that in context. But at the same time she is kind of bland. <laughs> Yeah, and uh, like I, I, I really like this this act, but like, yeah, it's full of little little weird, like Grogu doesn't know that that what Den's new ship looks like, so I guess he sensed him. I, I or think something. he senses him. I think he sensed him. Um, the um, yeah. I, I don't I, I expected him to get yelled at actually for destroying the remote because it's like you don't destroy the remotes you just block their blasts you know you're not you're not trying to kill them those things can't be cheap you know I don't know maybe he's got a whole ship with just like you know a ball pit full of remotes for for doing that but Jesus kid you know dial it back a little bit and the 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 only part that I really like was kind of like ugh was the lightsaber part <laughs> right because like, it was what I can do. <laughs> yeah it, it, it literally looked like you're playing a video game and, and you're like flipping through the characters and then you flip on the luke and he does a few moves you know or, or like you would like have to put down the controller and so he goes into like his like t- his standby motions standby motion and his leg just starts doing the little shimmy you know jimmy 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 and like yeah, yeah, and like Perry, thr- he was doing like thrusts and stuff, and and I understand he's like, here, let me show you a lightsaber, but obviously Grogu knows what a lightsaber is because we were just watching Grogu's brain, you know. Oh, and he's oh, seen this- the dark saber. He saw the dark saber too, and even Moff Gideon was like, you know what this is, don't you? Like, you this know what a so- lightsaber looks like. <laughs> This is something I just saw the other day. This is from a. This is for the past episode. When remember when like Boba Fett was like, "I got to go back and get my armor." No, 
he remembers he had his armor on because oh oh never mind never mind i just i just destroyed it in my mind i was gonna say because he remembers it when he's in the back to tank but when he's in the back to tank that's after he went to the went to the sarlacc anyway so never mind that was just uh a useless uh, divergence there. That's all I really got for Act Two. Um, yeah, I thought I thought it was pretty good. I I I was I was uh, impressed the first time, and then I'd forgotten again how long they spent with Luke and Grogu, right? And Ahsoka there, you know, in the in the in the in this episode. I I always pictured it as more as like. 10 minutes at the beginning, you know, and I was just like, oh, that's right. This goes on for quite a while. This is kind of ballsy. It, it is, especially because, like, this, this is what I was talking a little bit about last week about how, like, it is a little bit of a strange choice to have this in the middle of Book of Boba Fett because Boba Fett's in one scene in this show, in this in this episode. He's only yeah, in one and, scene. And it's it's just rudimentary. Yeah, And he's not, like, he doesn't even sum, talk. Let me, sum th- let me sum up why we're here. But it's not even him summing it up. It's Finnick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Finnick's the one summing it up. And so, yeah. like, I, and, and that's what I was talking a little bit about last week about how, like, yeah, this is all really good stuff, but should it be in this show? And that's the debate that I don't have a strong answer to because it's all really good. And then they can just go gangbangers into, like, season three, where it's like, Luke and uh, Din and Grogu are bad together. Season three, let's fucking go. Right. But it's also in the middle of, this is like, an episode and a half of Boba's seven episode show. It might have been that so they just wanted to test it out too. They wanted to be like, we're really close to pulling this off. Let's 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 hey, you know what we could do? We could put Luke in Book of Boba Fett. <laughs> and it's <laughs> but know? it's also like when going back to like my some of my other criticisms earlier, like couldn't this also be time that can go towards like giving more time to the mods and to Finnick and like the characters that are kind of underdeveloped yeah. in the show? So, so it is kind of a catch twenty two because all the stuff is really good, but doesn't need to be in this show, and that's the question. Um, and I don't have a good answer to it because I, I keep going back and forth because thematically, Cobb, Vanth, and Den thematically link to Boba in so many ways and it is telling Boba's story but we're also with Luke for like Luke and Grogu for like 14 minutes of Boba's story so yeah I I don't have a good I go back and forth about how I feel about it because on one hand I really like it but on the other hand I'm just like but in this show just have to be in this show so all right was that all your answers that is on my oh, well. It's on my notes. notes. I'm not, not answering answers. anything. No Where questions were, were posed, other than how'd you like it? Where were you on the night of the fifth? Which which month? This month. You know the month. <laughs> don't the 5th you? Of no- oh, the fifth of November, eh? I don't know. Anyway. <laughs> uh, pleading, pleading the space fifth, as always. <laughs> Um, so for, I'll just go straight through, um, from between short notes and big notes. My first short note is hearing Ahsoka say that she's an old friend of the family hits me in the gut. Right in the yeah. gut. In all the feels. It's and true. I, and I also had to laugh because Ahsoka was like, there's no safer place in the galaxy than at Luke's skull, which is funny in and the with, context of the last Jedi. hanging out with the Skywalker. 
It's also funny in the context of The Last Jedi and what happens to Luke's school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, it's just like, yeah, the, like, yeah. The Skywalkers always lead very placid, uh, non-dangerous lives. Mm-hmm. It's the... Uh... Safe. Safe is their middle name. Yep, yep, yep. Um, when, their, so... when their middle name should actually be Safe Word. Anakin Safe Word Skywalker. I'm going to move on. <laughs> um, what was it? Where am I? Oh, my first big note. So I, I kind of talked a little bit about this when we covered the Mandalorian season two episode of the Jedi, but I just wanted to touch back on it a little bit here again. Um, so Ahsoka was talking, uh, in case you forgot, like in that episode, I was talking about how Ahsoka was giving Grogu a choice, not just one choice, but two choices. So it was the choice to go to the Keystone to call out. And then the second choice to actually go with Luke in the season two finale. That, that was the context of that. Um, and Ahsoka here is talking about Din and Grogu's attachments. And at one point it used to really rub me the wrong way. But I actually like the context of what it is in the bigger story that's happening here. Because I think she can see that Din is struggling with this change and the path he is on. And she knows that Din's change was completely prompted by Grogu. So I think here she's trying to push Din to be able to change on his own two feet and define himself with, and more importantly, without Grogu. Because... If Din becomes codependent on his kid, despite loving his kid, like that, that is an issue because, like, that's what happened to Anakin. Like, he became codependent and it led to his downfall. So, like, yeah. while it sounds tough here, she wants Din and Grogu to be able to stand on both of their own feet and make their choices outside of each other. So, when they are together, they can grow better together. And because the thing here is, she also understands what Luke's doing here. Luke wants to give Grogu a choice, but he has to make sure Grogu understands the choice he's making, which is why he's training him. And so when he has that chance to make the choice, he can be like, now you understand Jedi training and you've had time with the Mandalorian life. Now you can make an actually educated decision without having Din's influence, which is what. And so like in hindsight, like if Din didn't show up at all in this episode, I think Luke would have done the exact same thing. Where he was like, now you understand what Jedi training looks like. You understand the Mando life. Now you can make the best choice for yourself. And well, I, I, I really like how that is approached. Even if it is coming off a little strong of, 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 of uh, what's her name? What's her butt? Ahsoka. With Ahsoka just being like, mm, you're attached. But I understand it in the context of the bigger story. Because Grogu and Den can't be codependent. Or else it could turn into Anakin. Which is what she's getting at. Well, yeah. I also think, judging between Luke's experience with his dad and <laughs> Ahsoka's experience with his dad and like the Jedi Council, um, maybe there, maybe maybe you shouldn't be in such a hurry to like be like this is your thing. You're gonna be a Jedi, you know. Especially with somebody like Grogu, who could be very very powerful. It's just like, look, you know, you got to let this guy live his life or else, you're, yeah, you're going to make a, a twisted Jedi. And, and you know, in the Jedi Council, what, what you know, the Jedi Council, when Grogu was back in that, was it like, 
So, Grogu, you, you still uh, like Jedi training or you want to leave? You know, I don't think that was going on. You know, you were pretty much there and they assumed you were going to be there, you know. And... Exactly. And um, I think, do I get into that in Act 3? And, and they, prob- I... they probably took you from your parents when you were a kid. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So, um, I, I'll get more into that in Act 3 because I, I have that in Act 3. But yeah, like at, at first this seemed a little harsh from Ahsoka, but like in hindsight, I'm like, no, like this is actually yeah. the best thing for Jen and Grogu to grow as people so they can in turn grow together. It's the best um, thing for Disney too, for uh, as with marketing mm-hmm. to keep Grogu on the Mandalorian. <laughs> I like that I wrote some rambling thoughts about how D- Luke and Den offer paths of protection for Grogu because the future is important or whatever. Or whatever. <laughs> I I know what I meant to say. I, I wrote that that way just so I could like expand on it. But I, yeah. I, I just like um, how, because we've been talking, well, I should say I've been talking about like the importance of the spear and how the spear becomes Grogu's chainmail. And Din and Grogu, Din and Luke, I should say, not Din and Grogu, Din and Luke are both offering the exact same thing to Grogu because they both understand that he is very important no matter what path he takes and that he's going to be a long term player in this as long as he doesn't get, you know, like shot off. But he's a marketing giant. I doubt they'll kill him. It would be incredibly ballsy if they kill Grogu at any time. <laughs> um, yeah. But it's the same thing, but two different paths. And Luke wants to teach him how to protect himself as a Jedi. Din wants to protect him as a Mandalorian. But it's the same feeling, just two different things. And so that that's the whatever, like, because they both understand that. Um, and I just thought that's a very interesting parallel that I will get more into in Act 3. Um, I, I like the parallel of Luke carrying Grogu because he used to carry Yoda, but now he's mm-hmm. the master. Um, in all caps, Grogu's little jump. It's so damn cute. I love also when the, the remote shoots him and he sneezes. He jumps and goes, at you. Yeah. <laughs> it's very cute. I knew a uh, corgi dog that was like that. When it was startled, it would sneeze. Oh, that's cute. Um, all right. So my other big note of this act. So you remember everything I was saying about Luke in Act 1, about how he's, like, the most boring version of himself, and he's just kind of playing Jedi? Mm-hmm. The, ex- the exception is his scene with Ahsoka. Because the moment Ahsoka shows up, he's his insecurities start coming out. He's just like, I don't know what to do for him. Like, I don't know how to teach him. He has attachments. What do I do? And, like, we, we actually do get to see that characterization of Luke come out here. And, and I... Like, he wonders if he's doing Grogu actual justice as a teacher. He asks Ahsoka what to do because Luke doesn't feel like he's actually helping him. And that's why he was, like, that's why I love this scene a lot. And I wish we had more of this energy of Luke throughout the rest of it. And, like, the one example I, I thought of was, like, when the remote shoots Grogu, having like having Luke wince, like, oh no, are you? I mean, get back up, Grogu, mm-hmm. try or try not, or whatever. Like, just to show that he's not like this is his first student, he doesn't know how to teach. <laughs> and I thought that would have been such a more interesting character choice. If have they him took get a, a little, just get a little frustrated. 
Yeah, you know, just some sort of something because the Luke and Ahsoka scene is beautiful because we actually see Luke's insecurities coming out of just like, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. But like, if he did that with, you know, having the first scene where he lifts the frog, so it looks like really cool. But then having moments of like that little dorky Luke coming out where he's just like, oh, Grogu fell off the log. Are you okay? Mm -hmm. Shit. All right, let me get you a Band-Aid. Because he, this is his first student. Um, and I thought that, like, that would have made such a much more interesting character choice while still, like, honoring Luke while being him as well. So this scene is the exception to my earlier Act 1 notes. And I also just need so many more scenes of Luke and Ahsoka together. Because I oh, honestly... Just, just talking about Obi-Wan and Anakin. I that never... be just like... Go on. Full of questions, you know. It's got to be pretty intense to have someone who is trained by his father and Padme. And, don't don't and, get Padme in this. And mother, and yeah. and was friends with his mother and with Obi Wan. Mhm. Mm and like I I just never thought in a million years we would have Ahsoka and Luke on screen together. Like it's such a amazing moment mm -hmm. and it's such an emotional thing as like an ahsoka fan to like have her there and just being like you're doing good kid don't fuck up <laughs> and he's like thanks ahsoka but like just just to have these two on screen i i remember watching clone wars and i never thought this day would happen i mean i thought at most maybe an animation like we might get this in animation but not in live action right. and it's very powerful and mm -hmm. I can't believe we're blessed with it. So that's all I have for Act Two. All right. You ready to wrap this android up? Oh, I'm ready to get to my boo, my cad boo. Cad boo! <laughs> oh, that's I... right, that guy. Cad boo! <laughs> all right. <clears throat> you ready? I'm ready. Hey everyone, it's time for Boba Fett to come back into his own show. Because, you know, it's been hijacked for an episode and a half. So Din arrives back on Tatooine in his hot rod. He lands in Boba's palace. And he walks in, he's just like, Hey everybody, it's me! And they're all like, look at Din Djarin! And Boba's like, I'm here too, guys. This is my show. So Finnick's gonna talk now instead of me. Take it away, my beautiful girlfriend who is sexy. And actually, this is fine because you need way more story time in this show, too, because you're really great and you don't have enough time in the show for you to develop as a proper character. And I love you. And she's like, thanks, babe. So Finnick briefs Dan, Black Chrysanthemum, and the mods on all the Pike shit. And essentially what's happening is the other families are staying out of the way and the Pikes are like, haha, we're going to take over and kill Boba Fett and their people. And full war is coming to Moss whatever. And they have enforcers, but they don't have numbers. And they need numbers. And Din just throws his hands up. He's like, ooh, ooh, I know people. I know people. I'm a protagonist. I've met lots of people. Pick me the protagonist. And Din and, and Boba's like, well, I'm the protagonist of this show, but okay, do your thing. What do you want? So Din's like, I gotta go see my other boyfriend now. This is a good day for me. I got to see my hot 
son's teacher and well, not my hot son <laughs> my son's hot teacher <laughs> and now i get to see my boyfriend so din flies over to freetown and if this wasn't a Dave Filoni show, Cobb Vanth would just run out there, take off his mask, and make out his boyfriend. But we know how Dave feels about the gays. So, instead, we get Cobb Vanth's slummy little deputy who only has, like, five lines to show that he's kind of shitty. And before he dies, it's fine. So he comes out there, and he's like, You're not welcome here, Mando. And Cobb is like, stand down, sweetie. This is my boyfriend. Hi, honey. How are you? And they are so gay together. Like, I it's 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 just and I don't mean that jokingly, like Den like like Den's like, I'll buy you a drink. And like Cobb is like looking at his new ship and he's like, Where's your son? This is a tiny little thing for a big man. Like like it's like in the text. Like they're looking at each other's job like cars and they get a drink together. It's great. So, <laughs> Dan offers to buy him a drink slash date, and he's like, Cobb, look, war is coming to Tatooine, and we need the people of Freetown to help fight with the city people of Moss whatever. And Cobb's like, I don't know, man. That's like, like, we've had some run-ins with the Pikes, but they've left us alone. That's not really our problem. And Dan's like, no, it's a city, it's a city, it's a planet-wide problem. Like, if the Pikes take over, they're going to be your problem, too. But, um, Tanti, is his name Tanti? Did I write this right? Tanti, yes, it is Tanti. Tanti, the weekway bar owner, is like, I'm sorry, but it's a city problem. Like, the people of Freetown don't want any problems with the city folk. And Cobb's like, look, you have a nice smile, and that's why you're so charming. I'm going to say no for right now, but I will see what I can do. Okay? And Den's like, fine, Boba Fett's gonna think I'm not cool. And he gets in his sh- his ship and he flies away. And as Cobb Vanth flies away, the western tropes ramp up to 20. The wind starts to blowing. There's wind chimes in the air. And he's like, is that a tumbleweed? Fuck, it's a tumbleweed. Someone's coming. And he looks out and there's a figure walking through the desert. And he goes over and he's like, Joe, get everyone inside. I feel a Western scene coming on. And they all the bar people, all the people of the town run inside. And he comes out to the middle of the road. And who the fuck walks out of the desert? It's Cat fucking Bane in live action. Cat Bane was in live action, you guys. Oh my God. I was freaking out <laughs> and then he talks and it's Corey Burton's voice and I had a conniption the only thing that would have made it better if Toto was there too um, but of course because the deputy sucks he runs out there and he's like hi guys I'm really tough too and Cad or Cobb Vanth actually gives his look of like bitch you need to get inside you little twink let me handle this <laughs> and Cad's like Hi, I'm Cad Bane. I'm kind of a big thing in, like, multiple shows, and I've been around for a while. But if that's a real big killer, like, if we actually had the unfinished episodes of Clone Wars done, you would actually know that him and I go back really far. You know, normal people don't need to know that right now. So all I'm here to tell you is just stay out of the way of the pikes and let them kill Boba. That sounds great, right? And the deputy is like, no, 
you cannot buy off Cobb Vance. He is an honor man. And Cobb is just like, bitch, shut up. <laughs> like, it's like the gayest look of just like, bitch, shut up. You're about to die. And of course, they that happens because Cobb is like, I'm sorry, Mr. Cad, no deal. And they have a shootout and Cad kills the deputy. Good, happy to have you for five lines. And he shoots, shoots Cobb Vance in the shoulder. And Cad is like, listen up all you fuckers of Freetown. You belong to the Pikes now. And now I'm just gonna walk back into the desert, I guess, where I have a car waiting. And hopefully it's still there and hasn't been stolen by Jawas, or that will be very embarrassing. Cad bam, bitches! And he walks off into the desert like a badass. And all the people of Freetown are just like, oh, this is our problem now, isn't it? Well, here we are, I guess. And then Hope gets really mad because we go to Garza Flip's place. Because we have to go to Garza Flip's, Flip's place because her cantina is great. And some pikes come in. And Garza is very clearly nervous. And she's like, why are they here? They're not ordering anything. And they leave very suddenly. And I get mad because it's a bomb. And because it's a felony show... He has to kill all the queer people and the women for man pain. And I'm really over your shit, Dave Filoni. Go fucking fuck yourself, you piece of shit, with your big-ass cowboy hat. I hope you choke on it, because it's a Filoni show. So, of course, all the women and the gays have to die for man pain. Fuck you. But then we go back to Luke and Grogu. And Luke presents Grogu with the cutest and the tiniest chainmail ever made in Yoda's lightsaber. And he offers something to Grogu that most Jedi never get. A choice. And Luke says he can only choose one path. And Grogu gives him a bitch please I'm older than you look. And the episode ends with the question will, ch will Grogu choose the Mandalorian way or the Jedi way? The hmm, end. I, I have thoughts on that and I think that scenes entirely is set up for season three. Oh yeah. Why don't why don't I just go ahead and do that right now? Um. So, what is this long ass? Um. Uh, so here's here's why I think it's a setup for season three, because the idea that Grogu can only choose one path, not both, was at first a little strange to me, and then it clicked with me. Why can't he choose both? Especially because we know in season three, they're going to Mandalore. And you know who was part of Mandalore's history with the Darksaber? Tar Vizsla, who is a Dave Floney-created character who is both Mandalorian and Jedi. And I feel like Grogu's going to learn about that and be like, oh, I can be both Mandalorian and Jedi. And right. then go back to Luke and be like, where's my lightsaber, bitch? <laughs> Or maybe he'll get his own lightsaber. Yeah, and I, I do think like this was kind maybe of maybe a, a dark saber. Yeah, I do feel like that is very yeah. much a fake out where they were just like, oh, we have to make it, give it drama and make it look like Grogu can only have one, just to set up the story of the second one to be like, no, he can actually be both because Tarvisla. So, anyway, what do you think of Act Two? I liked it. There were nice little, <clears throat> one of my favorite little touches of the whole episode are the 
the the Jawas with their with their suka skull stuck they, to the. T- they're so happy about that. They they're still, the t- they're they still the happy crate, about yeah. it. And they got the crate dragon. That's the crate dragon mm-hmm. head from season two. Yeah, yeah. And then they just attach it to the top of their sand crawler and are driving around, great. and it just like. Yeah, it was. It was a, a just a perfect little moment. Just just there to be there, just there to color things in and be cool. Um that that scene of him choosing that is the that is from the very beginning of the Lone Wolf and Cub comic books. It's yeah, like of, it's a nice callback to season one because we talked a lot about that. Mm-hmm. And this is this is that scene. It's just like, except if if basically if um in in Lone Wolf and Cub if Grogu if it was Lone Wolf and Cub and Grogu picked the chainmail, Luke would have had to kill him. <laughs> yeah. So, so this was a much nicer variation of that. But um, yeah um. Cad Bane, I liked him better the second time than the first time. The first time I liked him, but I thought he looked a little rubbery. And that rubberiness, though, actually added to it this time. Watching him the second time, I'm like, this guy is legitimately like David Cronenberg movie creepy. So, yeah. His teeth? His teeth. His whole mouth is just like it's it's mm-hmm. not a mouth. It's just a alien slit with teeth in it. Yeah, and it's just like it's gross. It has it's like a it's like a weird the the weird little like earthworm like creepy old man mouth sort of. It's yeah. It's just and and his eyes are bug like. It, it's 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 it was it was great. And I like how he just put like five shots in the deputy. <laughs> yeah, he he only shoots a uh, cop once, but he's like, "You fucking talk to me too long." Pew 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 pew. You know, like I'm just gonna <laughs> shut up, bitch. Hmm. Hmm. No, I think he wanted to leave him alive and and make the deputy dead, and that was his like point to make to Cobb Vance. He's like, maybe you know. Better to have Cobb Vance here and be cowed to us than than dead. But who knows? But yeah, it was just a just a beautiful, beautiful Western scene with a fucking creepy <laughs> space space monster alien. Yes, very mm-hmm. nice. That's about all I have for Act Three. I I. I I really liked Act Three, but it was just sort of like the little touches of it. Like, you know, I mean, I mean, it wasn't as as excited as the first. I was like, "Oh, Cad Cad Bane is happening," but like, it's a it's a nice. It, once again, this is an episode that isn't like a a full whole. You know, it feels like a a, a two like one big piece and then a smaller piece to sort of. A smaller piece to tie everything together and have a little set piece with uh, Cad Bane. It doesn't. It doesn't feel like, you know, just so like intimately, you know, interlaced, you know, simple, basic story sort of thing. It, it's just sort of, it, it, it's it's not formless, but it doesn't have like uh, 
a, a super coherent form, but all the parts are good. That's so interesting because that's the exact opposite way of how I feel, and that's my first note. Ah, excellent. Because one of the things I do really like about this episode is how well it blends Mando season two with Book of Boba Fett. And it it is pulling all these storylines together. Because usually when we get like penultimate episodes, they're almost entirely set up for the big finale. Like we see this with like Clone Wars arcs or like the episode before the finale of Bad Batch or like before like a season finale of Rebels. Like it's usually a lot of setup. And this does do that because they have to bring like Cobb Vanth and all that in. But I guess the difference to me is a lot of times those episodes feel like plot, 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 plot. While this is actually resolving a lot of story beats while bringing all the forces together. And Mm. it feels more natural to me because it's blending the two shows versus it it being like, and all these pieces are now coming together. Like it feels like Din very organically has like has thematic ties to Boba. So when Boba's like, we need people, Din is like, I know people. Let me mm-hmm. bring them to you. And so it, it does feel more organic to say something like the penultimate episode of Bad Batch season one, where it's the Bad Batch being like, we must go here to get uh I think it was Gregor. Yeah, it was Gregor. Oh no, mm-hmm. Hunter has been captured. These are all plot things happening to set up finale, right? Um, so it does feel a little bit more like rewarding to being like, if you watch both of these shows, you've seen all the buildup for like this show and season two of Mando and it's all coming together, especially when we start getting characters like Pelly back into the mix next week, because Pelly's going to come into the fight and it, it just feels more like a much more organic blend than a lot of times when we get penultimate season episodes. That's just me though. To me, it feels mm-hmm. like that. Okay, I gotta talk about killing the Tuscans. <laughs> Let's talk about the Tuscans again. Oh, do tell. Really? And I and I <laughs> when when Tuscans died, I, I said I was gonna come back to this point. Um, and here it is. Because Din says it's a planet-wide problem to Cobb Vanth because the pikes are affecting the entire planet. Wouldn't it be so much more impactful if Boba had Tuscans to go to and ask for help? <laughs> because they need foot soldiers so they could have the people of Freetown, the people of Moss, whatever, and the Tuscans all coming both, together both to Boba defend and, their... the, and, and Mando could could do could probably get that done. Yeah, because Mando has uh, has mm-hmm. relations with other Tuscans. If they never killed Boba's Tuscans, they could go back because, like as we as we said in episode three, Boba could have just left, and it would have been fine. Where he's like, you know what? I grew up. I grew enough. I need to go find my like my armor, and then he runs into Finnick and all that. Like it's and like he could then go back to the Tuscans and be like, look, this is a threat to everybody. This could be a chance to 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 like you know, mend these wounds and have people respect you. And having the people of Freetown, which we know from season two, that they're actually bonding with the Tuscans as well. Like having the people of Mos Espa being like, oh, the Sand People are here to save us. That's a much more powerful story to tell. <laughs> and plus, the pike, plus the Pikes had also wiped out a whole tribe of Tuscans. Exactly, because like, because then like Boba could be like, you know, I or even that's a good point too. Boba's Tuscans could die, but Din could be like, I also know these Tuscans as well, and Boba be like, my tribe died, and they're like, my tribe is proof of 
like that. Yeah, no, you could have a conversation where they say, yes, we've, you know, we've run into their train before, too. And they took out many of our people also, you know, and we were aware of that tribe, you know, and they were our enemies, but they were also Tuscans, you know, or something like that. But you could totally like, yeah. Yeah. And that would be so much more powerful to unite the planet. And it would actually either it would actually give purpose to the Tuscans dying. Like it would give that death purpose then. Um, and so it's just it's just a missed opportunity to me. And I'm done officially talking about dead Tuscans in the show. We're done. Because that's my last we'll Tuscan. Probably. Anyway. I love Cad Vane. He's my favorite bounty hunter. I've loved him since Clone Wars. He's my boo. And it's such a cool introduction. He just walks out of the fucking desert into a western. And it's so cool. And he's so menacing. And I like how it's presented because a regular fan who's never seen Clone Wars, they don't need any more than this. He's a scary right. looking he's a scary looking alien and he hurt our good boy Cad Va- or Cobb Vanth. That's all you need to know about him. But like for us deep diving fans, the moment we see that silhouette, the moment we see that cowboy hat, we know exactly who that is and bad stuff's about to happen. <laughs> and it's such a good presentation for both regular fans and for us. And I love Cad Bane. He's so good here. And the only thing which I will probably mention next week that I wish we got slightly more about is his history with Boba. Because Cad does have a history with Boba. And they wouldn't need to like deep dive into it next week, but I wish they at least slightly touched on it. Um, or at least here, where or even a line of just like Cad saying in this one, because he says Boba Fett is a cold-blooded killer who worked for the Empire. He could have said, I've worked with Boba Fett, and he's a cold-blooded killer who worked for the Empire. Just to show that he has history with Boba. Like, that little line would have been, chef's kiss. Um, And I I mentioned this at the very end of last week's episode. I wish my Toto was here, but I also understand that this is already a very expensive episode. It's a very packed episode, yeah. Animating Toto paying Seth Green to voice him and having to have Toto around in the finale would have been very expensive. I understand why Toto's not here. I just miss my sweet boy because he's my favorite droid. Even though I will say the BD units are very much giving Toto a run for his money. Uh, Yeah, you know, it's better to take your time and keep into it. Why why throw out all the Cad Bane stuff at once, you know? Yeah. You know, you know. It tells me that at this point, like, Cad doesn't have Toto anymore. Like, that's that's what Maybe. that tells me, mm-hmm. that he just doesn't have Toto anymore. Because um, Toto's a Clone Wars droid, and we're, like, what, like, 30, 30 years, years removed? Out. Yeah, yeah, 30 years removed from Clone Wars, at least. So, um, where am I? Again, we get to see Cobb Vance's good boy character, because he sees that. Cat is and the the pikes are bullies and they're just like, hey, stay out of the way and nothing bad will happen. But it's the morally wrong choice, and Cobb says no. Because Cobb Vanth is a good Mando boy. Um I also love the mini arc of Tanti. Tanti, the, the weak way bartender. Um, I don't think he gets enough love. I like his character. I, I like, you know, he starts off in 
season two of Mando, and he's just like the barkeep, and he's a stereotype, and he's just there to serve them drinks and be like, oh, no, not the children and the school, right? But he does get like a little mini arc, and I like it where he was quick to be like, that's a city problem. And when he sees what Cad Bane did to Cobb Vance, like their very beloved marshal, we know next week that he fights for Tatooine. Like well, it's a city problem, but now the city came and made it their problem. Exactly. And he's, him and Joe, the girl that Cobb talks to, they're the two leaders of Freetown who show up for Cobb Vance. And they're the ones who lead their forces. And it's just a cool little mini arc that I don't think enough people talk about. Um, and so I just wanted to note it because I do like Tonti's character. I think he's a really cool little character. And to see an alien, we don't often get aliens in, in live action Star Wars because they're really expensive to animate outside I, of like Chewie. Um, so to have an alien have like this much screen time and a little mini arc, I just well, I really appreciate it. He's got it. a lot of makeup that's got to go on. I always wonder if it's maybe like in show in any show, like a character like that. Like it's not he's he's not likely a character like lots of people were writing in like give us more of that, but maybe the actor was just really fun to be around on set. Yeah, <laughs> they were like you know what let's let's keep putting this guy in because he doesn't mind putting the makeup on and I like having him around and he's like he's never late and he's 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 a fun guy you know. And with them shooting Cobb, they need to be able to um, have someone be a voice. And like Joe was in one quick scene in season two, but Tanti's been there like constantly as like the face of mm -hmm. Freetown outside of Cobb Vanth. So I, I think it was, I think it was a really good choice because it um, gave him a little bit more substance to do. And I, I really like the choice. So I just like it. Well, yeah, and then they can then they get, can get more use out of the bar set too, so they don't have to build more sets. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but I'm just gonna get through this note. Um, I don't have the energy to yell once again at Dave Filoni about taking away and killing a very awesome female character who has literally done nothing wrong but exist. Garza just has existed, and I guess she represents collateral damage in this war. But she never did anything wrong. She never sided with anybody. And her and her, like, probably queer servants all get killed. And it's such a fucking waste of a character. And, like, I'm tired of Dave Filoni killing women for man pain. I'm really tired of it after, like, four shows of it. And I don't want to talk about it anymore. But I just wanted to note it because I'm not okay. And I, I, I did I, nothing I, wrong. I, Maybe it's a function of her contract, and she's like, I can only do one season of this, but I'd love to be in the Star Wars. The way you get around that is just never go back there. Yeah, but that, I mean, like the bar, that's like, that's like one of the, like, I mean, Old West, you've got the, you've got the, the bar, the, uh, the brothel, the, a lot of times they combine them into one, you know, but like, you know, it's like one of the things that you gotta have. Yeah, but I just I I I'm not gonna go further than that. Yeah. It just makes me mad. Yeah. Um, the only other note I have is I think something that this episode does so well with Luke is the difference of his school versus the old ways of the Jedi school, and it's also Ahsoka's influence, which is the choice. And as I was saying a little bit in like Act 2, like he trained Grogu just enough so Grogu can make 
an educated choice about his path forward. He's been around Den. He understands the Mandalorian way. He has to understand the Jedi way so Grogu can actually make a choice and not be influenced by it. And that is very much what was missing from the prequel era Jedi. And I'm specifically saying the prequel era because High Republic Jedi don't do that shit. Shout out to my gay queen Comac Vitus who ran off to the woods. But um, like giving Grogu a choice is the thing that Anakin never got. And that is the lesson that both Ahsoka and Luke have learned by this point. That if Anakin actually had choices to make and his life wasn't dictated by outside voice forces, he would have done better. Because the only person who ever offered Anakin a choice was Palpatine. And that was his first real choice. Because that he was taken from his mom, because the Jedi said so. He was trained as a Jedi. They told him not to have a wife. And the one person who actually gave him a choice of something different was Palpatine. And it made the galaxy fall. And that, to me, is the difference Palpatine between... was also the only person who listened to him. Exactly. And so I, I like this scene of the choice. Because Luke has given him enough information where Goku can make an educated choice. And he does. And as I said, like, I think the choice is actually, like, setting up for season three where, like, Grogu's going to be like, I could be Jedi and Mando. Let's go. Well, also, <laughs> also, Luke, Luke, also, it's, it's, it's kind of important. I've, I, I'm just realizing that Luke at one point said, I don't think he's as much learning anything as he is remembering. So that way, Grogu can, you know, you don't have to have Grogu being Jedi trained to start figuring out new shit he can do. You know, he just will remember more of his old training as he becomes less PTSD'd out by hanging out with the Mandalorian. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but that's all I really have. Me too. I don't really have anything else, so I guess score up the episode, Chris. I probably would have given this a seven out of 10 but except for all the cool shit that was in here so it brought it up to i brought it up a full point to an eight i gave it i gave it an eight it's 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 solid um i just think i i think they met like if the like they missed a big opportunity for the first two-thirds of this story to if they would have written written like luke just luke's dialogue better you know it would have it would have also covered up a lot of like the you know weird inflection and stuff like that so yeah uh, this is kind of my least favorite episode maybe it was because i was so like blown away by it the first time in the second viewing i wasn't so but yeah eight out of ten still a good score like i yeah. said i have met one that i've been like this is a, just a bad a bad episode bad um, I really liked this episode way more the second time through. And I think it's because, like, I, I know where the show is going and I had have had time to sit with, like, deep fake Luke and stuff like that. And yeah. I feel the same. Like, I feel like they did miss some character opportunities with with Luke as well. But overall, I think it's very solid. Um, I, I gave it a 9 out of 10. I really had a blast wow. watching it. Yeah. I had a blast, so. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, as always, we would love to hear feedback on iTunes, Twitter, or on the Two True Freaks Facebook page. Um, I'm actually going to read some feedback that Chris can't see because it was sent to us on Twitter and I forgot to put it in the doc. But 
we have what I believe is a new listener. Um, and his name is Toby. He goes by by Guy Jedi on Twitter. So hello, Toby. And uh, Toby had reached out to me asking like where our backlog of teacher freaks up of uh, J guys and Jedi is. And the very simple ep- answer to that is our website. Um, because we did have a massive website crash and we lost the backlog. Everything is on the Two True Freaks website. We have, because Chris and I have lives and jobs, we haven't updated everything to Apple <laughs> because it just takes time that neither of us have right now. Well, if you um, ever come upon like a uh, J Guys and Jedi episode that's missing, you can contact us and we can either get you the episode or I could get it up. It's just, uh, you know, but like if, 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 if you're like, yeah, if you're like, ah, this one's next and it's not here, just, just send us a, send us a note. We'll get it to you. Yeah. It's, and it's, it's available. We're just slowly, you know, slowly. It, it takes, we have to upload, re-upload each episode individually. And this is our 300. Actually, we have a lot of point fives and specials. So this is actually probably like our over 350 episodes that we have to upload individually. Um, but uh, they are on the website um you can stream them or download them from twotrufix.com and they're all there all 345 of them but toby also sent us a very nice note that i just wanted to read and um he said i will take any avenue i can get i just want to listen to more of your show i understand that this is a thing that you do in addition to your normal life so i'm happy uh just happy you keep so i'm just happy you keep making content it's hard to do also, the community, me, really appreciate your voices, which was very sweet. Thank you, Toby, for sending that to us. Remember a couple episodes ago we were talking, you were like, Chris, what's your problem with Spotify and Apple? <coughs> and this just warms my heart that this is this is what what Toby just said is what I like. That's how I feel about stuff is like if it's if something's good, I'll just go find it and get it. You know, I don't need it to be like, like, how is the easiest way to get it? You know, especially since like, I mean, the the fact that we got them on a, like, I, I'm going to sound like a baby, but the fact that we got we got a website with all the it's it's not like it's hidden on the Internet behind, a, a you know, a paywall or it's like in obscurity it's not as easy to find as just like scrolling around on itunes or or apple apple podcast now or whatever it is or or spotify or whatever where you know they like but it's not it's not that that hard to get you know and like and the 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 fact that it makes it like so like to make it easier is to have to sort of go to these big like conglomerating sort of thing makes them like it's it's like a format it's like the gatekeepers of stuff were taken away with the internet and now like they're for there's new gatekeepers forming (laughs) you know and it's like you can make a podcast but you got to have it on apple I, Apple podcast or nobody will, you know, nobody will ever see it or want to listen to it or, you know, or, or want to, you know, they just want to push the button on their phone to get it. And uh, I, I just don't think that's necessarily true. I think like if people, if people s- s- just work a l- like work, a l- go, go a little extra to get stuff like, 
order stuff directly from a company instead of that company through Amazon and stuff, it would make things better. <laughs> you know, it would not put that, it would not allow that chokehold that those things get to get to impose once they get into their spot, you know? I, anyway. I definitely, I definitely see like both sides because I think having the like the ease because I listen to all my podcasts on Spotify. Um, I am that person, um, and just having it. Just, well, yeah, you're ninety nine point nine percent of the people, you know. I and mean, that's I, I do way. think like the ease is a big factor, but our show has been on for like what eight years now. Yeah. I mean, if somebody wants to go back through all like three hundred and fifty of our episodes. I will be happy to send you a link of how to find them. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> because, because I think if somebody's going to sit down and start from episode one and listen to all J guys and Jedi, like, first of all, I commend you because we've been here for a while, but also thank you. Cause we've been here for a while. And also I will show you how to, the easiest way to get it. But I mean, I, I, I've understand the frustration. Like there have been times where I'm like, I need to go listen to an old J guys and Jedi. And I can't pull it up on my phone because when I, I can only stream from the website and my phone has to be on. So if my phone's like, you've been on for a minute, I'm going to go into sleep mode. It stops. And I'm like, ah, it's frustrating. So I do get the frustration of it and versus the ease. Um, so I, I, I get both sides of it. I, I really do. So, but it was just a really nice message from Toby and I really appreciate you writing in and asking how to find our older episodes. And so we can yeah. have this conversation. Um, for and our, keep right, writing in uh, with any questions or comments or when you find something it. that pisses you off <laughs> or when oh, you yeah. find someplace where we're completely wrong. Toby, if you're listening, like, feel, always feel free to send us feedback. Love all that and, shit. Yep. Yeah, just, just, te- just, uh, like, just message me on, on, on uh, what's the thing, Twitter, or I, I will be more than happy to hear from you. That's great. Like, really, thank you. Um, our other feedback comes from our episode, The Rescue. Take it away, Chris. Okay, it's from Diego Lemos, and he says, Speaking of the Season 3 trailer, uh, when Bo-Katan asked Din about the fall of Mandalore and where was he, wasn't he a child during that period of time? I think I, he was. Well, but I think the, that question's sort of like more of an emotional plea, so it just sort yeah. of is playing at his guilt, maybe? It, it really depends on what we're talking about, um, the fall, because Mandalorian, uh, the Siege of Mandalore was Clone Wars, which, yes, Din was a child, but... In Rebels, the all the events of Rebels happened later, and Mandalore fell for good post Rebels after Bo-Katan got it. So he would have been older then. Um, so it really depends on what we're defining as the fall of Mandalore, because they fell to the Empire in Clone Wars, but then they fell again, as we saw last week with when the Empire came and like wiped them all out in the Night of a Thousand Tears or whatever it's called. So there's actually two falls. So it really depends on which one we're talking about. And uh, he goes on to say, although they may be misleading us and she may not be speaking to Din, but with another person, maybe the armor, which is I, totally a thing they do all the time. So, yeah, I, I love could totally that, do that point. I love that point. Yeah, I w- they like, do that all that... the time. And I keep forgetting that. But they they do like movies do that all the time, too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I would love for that to be like, oh, she was talking to the armor the entire time. I would be like, yes, Diego called it. <laughs> And then he says, uh, I see the problem with the Dark Troopers. They are a powerful obstacle whose only purpose is to create tension for Luke to save the day. Thank you. Yeah. I know they were already introduced in the new canon 
through some movie games. They mentioned past iterations in this episode. But what is interesting that is in the old canon, Dark Troopers start as droids and evolve into Iron Man suits for old troopers so they keep being useful to the Empire. If I remember correctly, it started with old clones because they age faster. Um, uh, but in the new canon, they go from Iron Man suits to droids, and I guess that this has happened because we can't have Luke Skywalker kill a bunch of geriatric patients in a tin can, or at least that's my opinion. Yeah, but it would be fun if he did. It'd be a lot cooler if he did. It would be dark if he did. <laughs> Especially if they were old clothes and they were like, you look like Anakin Skywalker. <laughs> <laughs> that would be, Luke would be like, oh God. <laughs> I served with your father. <laughs> I'm already a ball of anxiety. <laughs> I can't take this. No, I can't train your child, Den. I'm sorry. And just like runs out crying like, oh, Leia. <laughs> I just wanted to go to Tashi Station. <laughs> Ah, well, do you have anything else for From the Desert Comes a Stranger? I do not. All right. I do not. Well, Chris, where can people find you on this wonderful Andor Eve night? You can find us on the aforementioned TwoTrueFreaks.com where we keep all the podcasts, including this one, or most all the podcasts, or just a huge metric shit ton of podcasts if you want to get scientific about it. Um, we got a whole bunch of people posting podcasts. There's new podcasts coming up every day, every day, pretty much. Um, you can also go to Facebook and go to the two true freaks podcast page there. And you can see all the shows come up as they come out brand new. You can go to the two true freaks cantina to go talk about those shows or, or just anything nerdy in general. That's the place for that. And if you really end and as time goes by, it just gets shittier and shittier and shittier and twittier. That's right. We are also on Twitter. The two true freaks are at Twitter run by Gene Gene, the captain of the sinking Twitter ship machine. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Gene, uh, start a Gene, please start. Gene. I was going to say, Gene, please start a parody account of Elon Musk. Gene. Okay, here's here's the funny thing is I don't use Twitter. I have a Twitter account, but I I, I you know I wanted to see what it was all about, and then I instantly just hated it. I was like, this is like this is the way this is set up is gonna be a race to the bottom. I don't have now. Okay, saying that I'm not taking the high road and going like I don't want to be a part of. I am down for being that part of the that race to the bottom. The po- but the, the thing is, I don't have the time to do it. So I just stayed off it because it's like, it's it's not like a thing worth going to to enhance your life. It's a thing to go if you have a sick sense of humor and you just want to watch people make asses out of themselves. So yeah, now it's turned on to, you know, 12. So I went, I went, I'm, now I'm like, now I'm interested in Twitter. I Now I'm just interested in watching to see how this all plays out. So I go on to Twitter 
And I realized that like months and it had to be like six months ago when he first announced that he was going to buy Twitter. I changed my Twitter picture to the picture of Elon Musk and Ghislaine Maxwell. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, look, it's still here <laughs> because I don't tweet anything. <laughs> but I, but there's other people who just started doing that the other day. And like, I'm like, oh, I was ahead of the curve on that. But nobody knows who I am. So nobody cared. <laughs> But anyway, that's, yeah. I will, I will, you know, I've, I joked that I survived too many fandoms to leave Twitter. And honestly, like I've made too many friends on there and I will fight for it and watch it sink if it falls. And honestly, I've never left Tumblr. So you can also find me on Tumblr too. <laughs> Tumblr, uh, that wonderful life affirming <laughs> place. Wholesome. <laughs> It's so funny because people like people are making tumblers or coming back, and everyone who never left like me are just like, "Welcome back!" It's still. I have shitty. a tumbler somewhere. I used to have a tumbler that I would just like. I there was a point where Tumblr was just like a place you go to post any kind of art you do, you know, and then it and then it evolved into like what it evolved. It's evolved into a bunch of things, but didn't they ban any kind of like nudity or? Oh, pornographic be, content or something. presenting nipples. They have nipples now? You can no, do it, nipples? It's, it's, no, no, you still can't do female presenting nipples, but um, people are very, very creative, like, with their hashtags and shit, so um, it really comes down to, like, you know, um, uh, uh, like... Whether you get caught or not. <laughs> yeah, I, a lot of people have been doing, like, with leet if people know what leet is well they'll change like certain letters to numbers and like that's how you search for stuff so like i don't know if you want to look up boobs it'd be like b zero zero b s and like yeah. people get around it that way so yeah but it, i mean it used to be just like it used to be just like do your thing and when I mean, there was lots of wonderful, wonderful stuff there. There was a lot of wonderful, depraved stuff too. That's the thing. That's the thing about it is, it, like, the the gro like when it went gross and pornographic, it was in an artsy way. So like the gross stuff was even more like fundamentally disturbing, you know, because it was like beautifully presented, you know, by an incredibly skilled art. It was. It was quite a for for a while. <laughs> my um, my... maybe I wasn't just just running into the flat out like just porn porn. I didn't remember much of that like ever the turning thing, up there. But the thing I like about Tumblr is is you can write as much as you want. So like people have written like beautiful like thesis papers and like published them on like Tumblr because there's yeah. like no word limit on like Twitter. Just... And like Twitter, where it's like you only have you have to do like twenty tweets to do it. Something that I could do in like one Tumblr post. Um, so that that to me was like always like the. Um... Well, tw Twitter is a wonderful thing if everybody on it was a writer, <laughs> you know, or mm -hmm. somebody who like composed their thoughts for a for a living. Because then it, then you could use it or for you know or or as as a hobby or you know somebody who composed their thoughts because that way. It becomes an exercise in expressing stuff with brevity, you know. And but it's just been, you know, a march towards like, okay, we'll give you more, we'll give you a few more letters, and and then people just doing like, well, well I'll just do forty-five tweets here <laughs> to 
and mm-hmm. break it up and you know and and it's just yeah yeah it's not functional well you can find me not functioning on twitter <laughs> at j guys and jedi <laughs> that is our twitter account you can also find me at hope Molinax on twitter um, I am also a contributor for Dark Side of the Force, where I write about all sorts of things like Andor and stuff. And actually, I should say, this episode uh, gave me an idea that I'm going to be pitching, which is about Grogu's choice and how it's a setup for season three. And Grogu is going to be like, what's a Tar Visla? <laughs> so I'm actually going to be writing about that this week. So you can check that out over at Dark Side of the Force. Um, I'm also a staff writer for the Geeky Waffle. And please check out the amazing podcast for Light and Dice that I am a part of. It is a real play tabletop podcast set in the High Republic where we roll some dice and we're going on dumb adventures. Actually, they're really cool adventures, but we're kind of dumb in the process. Um, and I play a character named Gaz, and I have to say, we I just got a picture of Gaz commissioned by the wonderful Yalaki, and she did an excellent job and she looks amazing. And my little Gazo girl is flicking someone off, holding a Slim Jim with her rifle. And that's my girl sitting on our stolen gonk droid gonky. And gonk, because we stole a gonk droid. Because of course we did. So go check out for Light and Dice. I love this project. I'm so proud to be a product, part of it. And I, if you're a listener of Jet Guys and Jedi and you listen to for Light and Dice, let me know. I, I'd love to know your thoughts about it. And yeah check it out so all right chris we are gonna be capping off boba fett next week jesus you're gonna be these short these short seasons and short shows like you're just gonna be doing volutions like every month right like yeah though i'm gonna pitch this to you now and live so we haven't announced our commentaries yet and we had talked about it, and we decided because the fifth movie is also under Lucasfilm, and I've never seen them all the way through. Our commentary this month was for the month of December is going to be Indiana Jones, the four Indiana Jones movies. But I also pitched to Chris earlier today that he did not see, which you should go back and check your Facebook for, um, a fifth commentary at the end because. We are the show that we're going to be starting back on after Indiana Jones is Tales of the Jedi. And Ahsoka Tano is a very big inspiration for those shows. And so I thought after we do the four Indiana Jones movie, Chris, would you love to watch Princess Mononoke, which was the direct inspiration for Ahsoka's character? And I can see a lot of the inspiration taken into the first short of Tales of the Jedi as well as Ahsoka's character. Would you it's be a, interested? It's a movie? Princess Mononoke Prince. is a anime. Yes. And it was the direct influence for Ahsoka's created character. Oh, I sent okay. you a video. Okay. You want to do that? So we'll do five commentaries I, I imagine year. it shouldn't be hard to find a copy of that. I definitely, uh, there, there's subs and dubs. I grew up watching the dubs, and the dubbing is actually really good. It has, like, Billy Bob Thornton and Minnie Driver. Like, it's a really good club cast. Because I'd have to watch it first. So that I, like, because I can't watch it for the first time. Of course, of course. 
during the so. commentary. So but yeah, that would be fun because I'd be watching four movies I've never seen before, and you would be watching one That's movie that fun. you've never seen before. But it would almost be a little mini Hope makes Chris watch uh, cartoon. Exactly, and it would also be fun because like once you see Princess Mononoke, you understand a lot of the heavy references and like rebels and like why the Loth wolves uh-huh. exist and why San, like why Ahsoka is so much like San. And I, I sent you in your Facebook messages, like um, I sent you a video that my friend Scotty did and they broke down all the like direct influences. And Dave has even said like on, on, on uh, at Celebration, like Ahsoka was directly influenced from Princess Mononoke. And I thought that would be a good intro to get us ready for Tales of the Jedi. Okay. You want to do it? Yeah, I'm game. Yeah, I'm game. All right. So our commentaries are officially announced. We're going to do four Indiana Jones and, and Princess Mononoke. And then we'll start Tales of the Jedi. And that's all coming after Book of Boba Fett. So two weeks, everybody. Two weeks. We're in commentary world. Woo! Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. You flew by. You flew by. <laughs> all right. Well. All right. Come back for Chekhov's Rancor. Chekhov's Rancor that we never actually got to see him train, but he can magically write, apparently. Because, you know, we had to spend all this time with Luke and Grogu. They're bonded. They're bonded. I guess so. So, come back next week, you guys, where we will wrap up Book of Boba Fett, and we will be talking about Chapter 7 in the name of honor. Happy and or Eve, everybody, and good luck, America. (laughs) It's election night. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye. Visit our website at twotruefreaks.com. Two True Freaks is always spelled T-W-O-T-R-U-E-F-R-E-A-K-S. You can email Two True Freaks directly at twotruefreaks at gmail.com. Two True Freaks and all of its excellent affiliates are available on iTunes, and you can choose to subscribe to either the entire network if you wish, or pick whichever individual shows you want to follow. We have so many shows to choose from, there's just bound to be one that appeals to your particular fandom. Just search Two True Freaks with an exclamation mark at the end, space, and the number two. You can find Two True Freaks on Facebook. Just search for Two True Freaks. If you ever leave your house and you actually have friends, why don't you tell them about Two True Freaks? If you've enjoyed our show, please, won't you take a moment to rate us on iTunes? That helps others find the show, too. Thanks for listening. And join us every Monday for new episodes of Two Two True True Freaks. Freaks. Have you been, Lord, friendly, my son? Oh, make my bed soon, for I'm weary from hunting. Hey, hey.